everyone and welcome back for another season of the TV That Changed Me podcast. I'm your host, Beth Watson, and I'm so happy to be back. Before we get going on the new season, I just wanted to do a little check-in for any new listeners. So for anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Beth. I work in marketing, content producing, but I've also done a bit of comedy, theatre reviewing, that kind of thing. And I'm obsessed with TV, but more than that, I'm obsessed with the way TV impacts people and shapes the world. And that's pretty much what this podcast is about. So that could be the way that TV shapes the world politically or culturally, or it could be the way that it's impacted your life. Maybe the L word helped you come out, which we explored with producer Shivani Dave, or maybe uh, watching Sister Sister helped you investigate the history of the black sitcom which is like our episode with the incredible journalist Misha Fraser Carroll yeah so that's what we're all about we're all about the tv shows that change us and change the world so if that sounds like something you're cool with then you're in the right place and I'm excited because today we have a bit of a mix of both I'm talking to blogger performer and binge watching connoisseur Eleanor Rattenbury about the impact of skins both on her own life and a bit more generally on sort of party culture and sixth formers around the country. Eleanor is the person behind the Midnight Culture blog, what we consume when we know we should be sleeping. And this is where she reviews film, TV and theatre shows that have kept her awake. And I think there's pretty much no better TV show to discuss with somebody who's obsessed with nocturnal viewing. Not only is Eleanor totally obsessed with Skins and has watched it loads of times and knows loads about it, but also she pointed out to me the kind of similarities between her late night viewing and the late night escapades of the Skins characters in Bristol and the kind of interesting sordid affairs they get up to while everyone else has fallen asleep. And it was just such a joy to sort of revisit a really specifically teenage obsession with Eleanor and have a think about how it's impacted us ever since it came out. So I hope you enjoy it uh, and let's go. I am Eleanor Rattenbury. I'm a writer and performer. I was Birmingham-based. I'm now London-based. Hot off the press, now in London. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first, now back in London, unavailable for bookings. So, <laughs> And I've just um, started a blog, actually, this year, back in April, uh, called Midnight Culture, which is basically a blog where I talk about TV, film, theatre, well there will be theatre coming, uh, music and all sorts of things basically that have kept me up at night. I'm a massive binge watcher, I'm a massive um, bedtime procrastinator, like revenge bedtime procrastination. So I was like, I'm spending a lot of hours consuming a lot of stuff. How can I turn this into something useful? And also it's quite nice sharing what you've been watching and like getting recommendations from other people as well. So I kind of wanted to start a conversation around what are the things that people are all secretly watching at one in the morning and if I'm enjoying it at 1am I wonder who else might enjoy it at 1am as well. We were like match made by my cousin Holly and she was like you've got to meet Eleanor she 
loves talking about TV, loves talking about binge watching and about nocturnal TV habits. And I was like, this is perfect because it's it's really, it's honoring the fact that like there are certain TV shows and certain films that lend themselves to kind of like a private late night viewing, I guess. It is almost like a sort of self soothing and I found that even spending time like kind of plugging into it every week doing the blog it is like for my mental health anyway it's been great it's been a way of like get like kind of rationalizing who I am as a person and kind of because for a long time I've been like why do I get so obsessed with things why do I listen to the same song on repeat like a million times like why like what is that about and actually like really stepping into that and owning it and going yeah, I watched the same film at 1am, like, and I've done that three times this week, because actually, I'm really stressed right now. And it makes me feel really, like, safe and held for a minute. Like, embracing that has just been, like, the best form of self-care, in a way, to just kind of, yeah, own own the things that, that we love. And then I love it then when you meet other people who go, well, yeah, I've got things that I definitely watch again and again, or I've got that one song that I have to have I have to start my day with that one song every day. And I think it just creates such interesting conversations because I think it really gets to the heart of of what a person's about. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what um, I always find so interesting is like one person's comfort TV is like another person's like nightmare TV. And I think definitely for me, Gilmore Girls is something I always put on to sort of soothe me. And recently it's been Grace and Frankie, which mm. I absolutely adore. And I need to do a shout out on the podcast. Yeah. That like if an older woman wants to come on and talk about Grace and Frankie, I would love to hear their opinion. <laughs> anyway, and I actually, when I was drunk, described great, uh, described watching um, Grace and Frankie as drinking a mother's milk. <laughs> my friend was like that. You literally cannot tell anyone you said that. That's the most like disgusting thing. <laughs> but then she found it really funny. And so, yeah, it's like there is, I think because they've got motherly vibes, right? Mm. Because they are grandmothers. But they're also sort of funny and relatable and great, like, just great women characters. And I'm now trying to think, like, taking that mother's milk, I'm like, right, so if we're going to take skins and think about what drink would that, like, what does that feel like? <laughs> it's like, not breast milk, I'll tell you that. Definitely not breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> but what would it be? I feel like it would be something really sticky and really sweet, like... Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's like apple sours. Or something. Yeah, I was gonna say like cherry sours, like <laughs> a little bit like, but like when you're t- you're drinking it like straight from the bottle, and you're being like people are like shouting at you at the same time. They're like chug, 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 or like drink, 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 and like you're trying to impress people. I feel like it's yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Also, those kind of like sourzy drinks are such teenage drinks. Yeah, and it's a show all about teenagers as well. Apple sours, cherry sours, that would be the right drink. Do you remember that Arches peach one as well? Mm. That is like... Was it in a white bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that always felt a bit classier. I don't know why. Like, for some reason, maybe because it was like a slightly sleeker white bottle. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's a fancy drink. If you bought like the Arches peach, like, yeah, you're being a bit fancy. Someone spent like seven pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their bottle of nonsense that they're bringing <laughs> to the party. I was recently, so my, my girlfriend's little sister is 17 and she was 
16, I think she's 16, she was drinking peach snaps the other day with lemonade and the smell of it, like literally even just being next to it, I was like, this takes me back to being 16, like too much. Like it's actually like triggering is not quite the right word, but it is triggering. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say that smells like trigger the most detailed memories. So it's, yeah, that whiff, like whenever I see or smell Glenn's vodka, that takes me back to a very specific type of house party where we would like go into the bathroom we had this thing that we thought if you drank the glens held it in your mouth spun around three times and then swallowed it that would make you drunker faster Mm. I remember there being a lot of spinning around actually in teenage drinking there was a lot of like do this shot and then spin around or there was like a spin around three times and then do like a shot like that or the torpedo thing with beers with the straw did that involve spinning around as well yeah or like being upside down something like that like you have to do it upside down like it's all very actually quite ritualistic Mm, really ritualistic and really like weirdly humiliating and strange (laughs) yeah Oh. oh my god and so <laughs> I've got so many things to ask you already but I mean so for the, should we do the premise of skins what was yeah. the pre- what do you see as the premise of skins so skins teenage drama on e4 and um, <laughs> the and it would always it was every there were three generations in total and every gen of characters it was like a group of friends or a group of people that knew each other through their sick form and each episode would focus on a specific character within that group Um, and usually they would have their own individual issues going on at home but also they'd have issues within the friendship group and so you'd get like a little insight into their world in each episode but then like over the series there'd be like a through arc of like you know a romantic relationship or a drama between two friends or whatever but lots of the time like every episode would have like a big hedonistic kind of party moment or like a really surreal interaction with like the adults in that character's life like it's all a bit and actually watching it back I was like gosh this is a lot large like a lot bigger than I thought it was like like the characters are drawn a lot more boldly than I thought I don't know whether when I was a teenager I thought they were just very whether I thought they were nuanced but like watching it back, I was like, gosh, yeah, they really have just coloured in with like the brightest colours here to make these very kind of, for the adults anyway, like these very archetypal characters, mm. which is quite interesting. So yeah, so that's the overall premise. It's set in Bristol. Um, and so I remember actually going to Bristol for the first time and like, I think they used to have back in the day, like a skins tour where you could like walk around all the key shooting points skins Mm. so I didn't do that I do remember sort of being on the lookout and being like gosh I wonder if this is where they filmed you know this bit or like I wonder if we'll walk past like the Stoneham's house and like things like that yeah it's interesting isn't it Bristol has become so synonymous with skins in my mind and to complicate matters more, I actually spent a lot of time in Bristol when I was at sixth form because mm. uh, one of my best friends moved, I'm from the Cotswolds, uh, one of my best friends moved to Bristol from the from our school at Cyrus Esther for sixth form. So I used to go and stay at her house, like go out in Bristol, uh, like be there quite a lot because she was literally my best friend and it's only like an hour away. And um, 
now I'm like, think it feels in my head, re-watching Skins, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what teenagers from Bristol are like. But then I was thinking, but actually Skins came out in 2007 and I went to sixth form in probably 2010. So I was like, maybe those people base their personality, which came first? I don't know, I don't know. I think for anyone that is like our age, that is the conundrum. Like what came first, the teenage experience or skins? Like it's, yes. it's, like, it's like totally like synonymous now. Cause I know yeah. for me growing up, I think when skins first came out, I was like a little bit too young to watch it the very the first time it airs I think it started in the January 07 and I think my mum said like no 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 like you can't watch it yet like you're gonna have to wait and then I think before they aired the second series E4 like replayed series one again like later on like the year after or later on in the year or something this was like just before like 4OD and all four and all the on-demand services you couldn't just tap in online and watch it like you had to wait for it for them to re-air it so I watched it when it re-aired before series two and then from there it became like you know this this talking point in my friendship group it became I think it was one of the first series where we would all watch it at home and text each other during Mm. as well that was like the beginnings of that and that was like again before like whatsapp and before like group messages you would just be messaging like your individual friends like omg did you just see that bit omg my mum just walked in during the sex scene lol 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 it would be like things like like that and it would end up being like this big event because you had to wait for it to come out every week and then you'd go into school the next day and be like oh my god yeah that and i can remember there's an episode in series two and it's Tony's episode where he goes on like a uni um, uh, like prospectus day. And there's this sex scene that is just like ridiculous. It's just arse and tits and skin and thighs. It's just, and I can remember everybody the next day being like, oh my God, that scene. Like they'd never seen, we'd never seen anything like that. Like that kind of up close. And it was the classic thing as always someone who goes, yeah, you know, I watched the whole episode on my own. And then just during that scene, of course, my dad walks in and then it looks like I'm just watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it became that thing because it was like a weekly released show. So everyone was like, right, Thursday nights or whatever night it was. of, Of course, everyone's at home watching Skins and we were too young to be out doing anything else. So it then became like, that thing that we then yeah we then wanted to emulate it we then were like that's what it means to be a teenager yeah I think it's really interesting I think it was on Thursdays but maybe it was I don't know I'd love to go back and check because I've always got a feeling of when shows were but I'm never normally right but interesting you said about 4OD which is obviously like all four now because I think they realized OD obviously means overdose yeah it's a stupid choice but it's funny how we all still remember it as 4OD I still type Um, in sometimes 4OD and I'm like no it's not that yeah I mean well luckily they've got it all set up so if you type in 4OD it still comes up with all four which is great um but it's funny because me and my brother used to watch it on 4OD and mm-hmm. that's how I remember it. And I think actually that was like the the birth of all 4OD 4 
because I remember my mum and dad would be watching something downstairs and me and my brother James would watch it in the like upstairs computer room yeah. like which was about the size of the office I'm in right now <laughs> so it's like sort of weirdly <laughs> weirdly reminiscent um and yeah so we used to watch it in there and it was like really clunky it loaded really badly like the tech was just completely not right and we used to like miss whole chunks of it because like it would pause and not and not load properly um but yeah it was so huge and I remember people talking about which uh sixth form they were going to go to and being like oh I want to go to the college because it'll be more like skins as opposed to like the sort of schoolier sixth form and I did go to the college and it was probably more like skins than the other sixth forms but like still not skins because skins is mad it then meant though that like before we got to sixth form so all those like parties we had in year nine and like year ten I can remember a friend of mine had a pimps and hoes party which is just ridiculous and we were like 14 years old and I can remember like walking down an a road in like a black corset and like fishnets and like fully living my like effie from skins fantasy i was like i look so mysterious and like sexy right now i bet everyone's wondering who's that girl and then you see pictures and you go no 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 i was a child in a basque like it wasn't right like i just shouldn't have been in a corset at 14 years old like also because how old is effie in the in the beginning of skin she's what 16 no so the actress yeah the actress was 14 and she always talks about she went to the open call knowing that she was two years underage and then she basically was spotted by the casting team who were like you look incredible like you've got this great presence we definitely want you to be involved but technically she was two years too young to even audition but then she ended up getting the part and then she kind of became like a muse for the show like her face is always the face and when you watch it because I think what Skins does like pretty well is it kind of has this like realism element all these shots that look a bit kind of yeah they're just yeah they look that look like real life and then they have these really beautifully composed shots as well they have these moments that feel really heightened and like in the first episode there's the bit where Cassie and Sid are on the trampoline Mm. and Cassie kind of leans up to kiss Sid and she's just lit in this really beautiful way and the shot just has this real kind of like sensitivity to it and they're really good at kind of balancing that out of having like those shots where they're just crashing into each other and crashing against walls and they're getting muddled over a carpet at a house party but then they have these moments that are really like quite beautiful Mm. and quite poetic and I feel like as the series went on and Effie kind of becomes the figurehead there was just more and more of these you know close-up shots of her huge blue eyes and like these yeah just these these beautiful moments and I feel like she really encapsulates she feel she feels like the muse of the show and mm. the character in itself as well of kind of because she's very much kind of that dual thing of going right she's one way in the daytime you know she goes to school she's very neat she's very you know seemingly very well behaved very unassuming and then she has that nightlife where her hair is you know all back combed and she's got a slash t-shirt on and da, 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 and that feels like she kind of encapsulates all the aspects of the show in that one character yeah I mean she's in some of the earliest scenes of the entire series isn't she because Tony is 
what's Tony up to? He's doing like some sort of press ups or something. Well, that whole opening is like, it's actually iconic. Like watching it back, I was like, this just, this is like an ideal opening to a show because it totally sets up everything that is going to come. Like you've got those iconic bed sheets. Like everyone knows mm. the sheets where, and he's lying, Tony's lying in the bed and mm. it's like the guy on the sheets is like a man and a, a naked man and woman and the guy is face down so you can see the ass cheeks <laughs> and the woman is face up and he gets out of bed and there's like this whole morning routine that they do that involves him basically pissing off his dad like messing with his dad but then also helping Effie sneak in from her night out from the night before mm. and then also a neighbor that's like for whatever reason like gets a kick out of him seeing her naked so you have like this like full-on nudity within the first two minutes and it's basically just saying to the audience like this is a show made for teenagers this isn't something to watch with your mum and dad this is this is going to be you know we're going to shock you and it's going to be teenagers kind of getting one over on the adults so like we're on your side is kind of like the yeah well I mean that makes a lot of sense doesn't it because it was really written by teenagers and it's a dad son combo who created the show and I yeah the famous thing that they said was that basically the dad was like a tv writer for channel four and he had all these different ideas for tv shows and his son who was at uni like read like tv shows for teenagers he was having ideas and his son uh basically read through them all and was like these are all a load of rubbish. I could do a better job with my friends. And then the dad was like, go on then. And then they all kind of bundled in to some sort of room. And they all wrote skins. Yeah. And I think it's a nice story. I'm sure there were like a bit, bit more boring aspects to it than, than that says. Like there must have been some sort of like, um, I don't know, maybe slightly more formalized yeah. process of like writing a TV show with teenagers or uni students even. And I think, knowing that there was a lot of teenage involvement makes makes it feel better because you're like oh my god if this was like an old dude like writing all these like sexy storylines yeah. like these 18 year olds would be like oh this is disgusting yeah but knowing that they were like yeah sex cool yeah drugs yeah um makes it feel better and I think that's actually why people our age were like so into it because it felt really exactly what you wanted it's the fantasy of what you would want to happen Mm, yeah it's well it's kind of like a distorted fantasy as well isn't it because there are some really dark moments um and yeah the kind of like mad twatter that's his name right the drug dealer who's following um sit around is like one of those things i also just re-watching it as well i was thinking about some of the the humor is amazing like that moment um in cassie's episode where she's in the cab with that really like kindly taxi driver who's like the only person who kind of knows her the only person who kind of like sees her for who she is when he puts on like move bitch <laughs> that song i always think yeah. about that moment and like i always like I don't know, that stuck with me for such a long time. And like, I've been in taxis where like they put on just like some like more yeah. fun music because you're going out to the club or something. Like, yeah. always think of that moment with Cassie. And that's just like such moments, you just know it's well written and you know it's authentic when stuff like that has stayed with you for like, what, yeah. like 10 plus years. And I think for me, for that one, it's Danny Dyer when they, in the start of Cassie's episode where, he's Michelle's mum's boyfriend and he goes 
Can yes. we get in? I want some fucking cocoa pops. And that line <laughs> has lived in my brain rent free. Yeah, in the same way for like the last ten years. Mm, I know, and I love the use of all of those. It's basically every single parent is like a famous actor in their own right, and like they've. I I wonder if that's kind of like poking fun at older generations of comedians and actors and kind of like the older generation of tv and being like look at all these like because the parents in it are awful every single parent is terrible no one's got a good parent in it i think i think what's great about that actually as well because a lot about when skin started was they didn't want actors they didn't want like stage school kids they wanted to get real teenagers who just had something about them um and so for those young actors who went in who had like very little acting experience some of them can you imagine being on set with some of those comedians and some of those like actors who just know how to play those scenes and getting like led through those scenes with those actors like it's such a masterclass for those young people Mm. as well and they were so so I actually went to a skins audition back in the day (gasps) yeah no it could have been me full-on went went to and they were so like set so like you had to obviously queue it was like the open audition so you had to queue for hours you know and they like the auditions to the yeah literally (laughs) and then you had kids that had dressed up like they were going to like a skins rave so they had like the little like do you remember those like trilby hats that everyone used to wear at like parties sort of like the black trilby style hat so there was loads of people wearing those and wearing those colorful sunglasses that like had the lines through them like yes, neon yes, glasses yeah. and people just there going those yeah awful. i think that was the kanye West yeah thing, it was it? Those glasses awful, but then you could awful. like go to camden market and there would just be racks of like orange ones green ones like light yeah like all these glasses so there were people that had come dressed like they were going to a skins party other people that were clear like everyone had come basically as like their favorite skins character and then when you got in the room they were like right guys you know we don't want anyone to act we're going to put you in groups we want to we're going to give you a scenario then we just want you to have a little practice you know but just keep it keep it really real keep it really small and then so you were put in groups and they gave you a scenario so I think our one was it was like a group of girls and one of the girls wanted a boob job the other one was really against them getting a boob job someone else yeah we all had like our own thing we were supposed to do and then everyone you got like two minutes to then show show your little bit of improv and then from there they'd pick out a couple of people if any that they wanted to see again but they were really intent Mm -hmm. on you like just keeping it really small they're like we don't want anyone acting we're not looking for actors we're just looking for for interest they kept saying interesting people which when you're like 16 like you just kind of go there's nothing interesting about me like I you know like it's such an an odd thing I think to say to a teenager we're looking for for interesting people so just be yourself Mm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so and so is that the later series of yeah so that was yeah that was the ill-fated third third gen group so and I can remember watching it and being and there was a character in it who was like a dancer, um, was mixed race, was a dancer. And I was like, that's my part. I was like, that's my life. Like, I was like, that's me. 
<laughs> That's who I should have been. <laughs> That's me. I'm on TV. Yeah, literally had that moment. I just was like, so I was like, but that's funny. my life. How how did I not portray in that ten seconds they saw me that I was all of that? Like, how did that not happen? Yeah. So you mentioned Skins, the Skins party. I had totally forgotten about Skins party as a yeah thing. And then when I was reading up about Skins before we started talking, I was thinking it said like that there was like a trend few of like absolutely massive parties where the people were like who were caught doing these like outrageous parties at the parents house were like yeah I wanted to hold a skins party and then that went into my brain and I suddenly remembered the phrase skins party was such a normal thing and people would be like oh yeah we have a massive I'm now a skins party that was a thing people would invite you to a skins party Wow, what a cultural impact the show has. There'd be like the unofficial skins parties that you'd see that would be like mass events that would have like Facebook group like event pages for and then you then you would go and you'd be going to an unofficial, but then there were obviously all the like homegrown ones that were just someone in your year was having a house party and they would just invite the year group and then just see what happened. And like one iconic one at my school was someone's parents like gone away for the weekend and obviously it's back in the day of like digital cameras so like if you didn't go to the party or or even if you did like you would just wait the next day for someone to upload from that party to see like all the things and I like 250 yeah. photos and a Facebook album called like 2016 yeah yeah yeah, or yeah it would be like um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two two K eight house party, like like XOXO, <laughs> like it's the folder. Yeah. Our house party yeah. with yeah. his head. <laughs> and I remember there was one where someone's like glass table got smashed. Like someone like fell into oh, this glass no, table. No. I just can to this day see that picture of the table in someone's dark living room but the flash was on the camera so it's just this stark looking like golden frame with loads of shattered glass Mm. but everyone being like that was like an iconic skins moment do you remember when that glass table broke like that was when we knew we were having a skins party like it just became that that thing Another thing, uh, this is going to really sell me out as someone who grew up in the countryside, but like another thing that like really felt like skins, like iconic skins parties, like uh, Cassie on the trampoline. Like if you're in someone's back garden and they had a trampoline, like the party would always end up on the trampoline somehow. It's like people, they'd always end up with like five people on the trampoline and like people like jumping about and like being sick or like maybe they're trying to like fall asleep and like get each other on the trampoline. Like the trampoline yeah yeah I think that whole house party in the first episode because I think again this is going to sell me out as like North London gal but that thing of going you absolutely can't have your shoes on in the house like you must take your muddy shoes off before coming so it's like yeah "Yeah, we're allowed to have a party like you are all allowed to be here but we cannot smoke inside we have to take our shoes off like we have to just obey these very set rules everyone has to be out by like half 11 or or like whatever it was like that really yeah hit home of these of just imagining that mass like group of teenagers dancing in someone's living room to you know that guy in your year who wants to be a dj and you're like 
throw in your best moves like you know you're 15 16 there's nowhere else for you to go where you can like let go on the dance floor and you're like you know grinding on somebody and you're with all your friends and no one's got any shoes on like (laughs) just and there's that bit where um Michelle and Tony are dancing and they're in like matching stripes like he's got this like mint green and black striped t-shirt on and her party dress Mm. happens to also be like a mint greeny like stripe and they're mm. and she's like all up on him and they're just like going for it and they've got no shoes on and I'm just like that's just such a teenage experience Mate. that you're like <laughs> feeling like at your sexiest no shoes on that's such a funny <laughs> takeaway and so true like because you're also breaking all of the rules of the house by yeah. being sick being naughty whatever but you've de- you de- yeah. shoes are off use that off and that was always it like I remember having a party where it was like everyone did have to be out by midnight because that's when my parents yeah. were coming back from whatever they were doing and then obviously they came back and like the house was more messy than yeah. expected all actually a lot of bad things um and yeah just I actually can't think about some yeah. of it like, yeah. it, makes me, it makes, actually makes me like physically it make, warm but doesn't it make you realize like teenagers are just so bold the things we did as teenagers that I would just never dream of doing now like the like Mm -hmm. you think you get I mean I think in a way you do get bolder with age in certain areas but there are just like the audacity we had to do some of the things that we did as teenagers like I think even watching that so the opening of Cassie's episode where it's the morning after the party at Michelle's and she's the first one to get up and like she's kind of wandering through the house and observing everybody and she goes through into like the kitchen and there's that spaghetti curtain I love that spaghetti curtain I love that shot where she like comes through the spaghetti that's like just hanging and because there would always be someone that at like two in the morning would go I'm really hungry I'm gonna make a load of pasta and it'll be really funny if we then yeah hung it all up on a door frame that would be hilarious let's let's do it but just that thing of like just sleeping like where on whatever you can find like just kind of cu- like five of you curled up on a single sofa and someone just lying on the floor with like a jacket for a blanket and then and then it's like you know the host in their bed it just brought back so many memories of that those moments of kind of wandering around someone's sticky floor and their house trying to find like your shoes and your bag and your all your belongings and and trying to get out and feeling just rubbish like just feeling hungover or feeling really tired you've not slept well and you just want to go home at that point and just have a shower and just like wash it all away mm. it's like the gro- like they do it so well that grottiness of that morning after yeah. when you've slept over at at the house party and you then have to walk home in your dress from the night before yes and also like the countryside version of that is like and then you get in the car with your dad and he takes <laughs> <laughs> and you're like really embarrassed and you're like covered in yeah. shit and you're just like looking yeah. like absolute death and then and then he's like did you did you have a good time and you're like yeah <laughs> that and you're like yeah yeah it was good thanks but yeah fine and you're like oh my god he smells like beer can he smell this whatever smoke oh my god so good honestly I don't think you could pay me to be a teenager no because if you think about it now like 
all the things you do as a teenager and all the things you know like the show again they do it so well of those moments so like in that episode at the at, when Michelle's mum comes home and all the boys run out the house with like no tops on that's like an iconic yeah. shot that like the back of them running down the street is just so iconic mm-hmm. um there's another bit as well I think in the first episode well yeah it's when they when after the car has fallen in the canal and they're walking back and it's just it's just that feeling of never quite being like clean or quite being on top of anything or always kind of like skulking around like yeah. it's but then I think that's what makes it so great because then you're like like you're bound together by your friendships you're bound together by those things that happen that you then wouldn't get in the car and talk about with your dad and I think the show does that well because those characters feel completely alienated from the adults around them so that's why they need each other and when you're a teenager I definitely can remember this thing of just going I've just had this adventure of a night where I've been at this house party and I've spoken to this person and I've met this person and I've smoked this thing and I've drunk that drink and I've stayed up really late and then we went for a long walk to find food and then we can and like you go on this whole adventure and you go and you're not really going to go home and then relay all of that to your parents so suddenly home mm-hmm. feels like the thing that feels isolating and but when you're with your friends you go well no that's when I'm living living my free like my free life like my true life there is such a sense of freedom and I think you explore that as a teenager in those moments so like those shots of them walking kind of through suburbia in their wet party clothes I think at the end of the first episode just sums it up I think so beautifully because you go they've just Mm. had been on this massive journey and this massive adventure through the night while the people in those suburban houses around them are just pouring their cereal or just pulling the curtains and they've had this whole life happen overnight that only they understand because they've all gone through it together. I was just going to say, I think that's why the sort of first year of uni feels so like amazing because you finally get to have those adventures and then wake up in the morning and go down to like your like Bezzy mate's room or down or across or wherever, whether they're in your corridor or not. Um, and you get to like go and sit there and be like, oh my God, what was last night? What did we do? But then it's funny because also like, that part becomes more frequent as you get older the debrief and the chatting like now even though you go back to maybe a different house as some of your friends you still like debrief and text about it and like you're on the whatsapp group whatever but the kind of wildness of the night gets it's different it's like even a uni night out is somehow safer than a 16 year old night out because in a uni night out you're allowed into the club for one because you're 18 you're, there's a then there's a bouncer there's a taxi driver there's a bus like it just feels a lot more like even though it can be really dangerous there are like these parameters in place like you know barmen etc barmen doormen who will look after you where if something goes wrong whereas in the old like in your teenage years you're completely unsupervised at a party in a park in a field wherever and yeah, it's just so much work. It's There's something a lot different to a teenager night out than there is to, like, a 27-year-old's night out. I think, I think it's that thing of, like, with greater risk comes greater reward. So when you know that, like, 
you've like and every when you're that age even just getting served is like an adventure it's going how are we going to do that how are we going to yeah how are we going to make that happen so you're you're on an adventure before you've even started the adventure so I think that's what it is and then so then when something when you've taken that risk and you go we did it we've just been served the euphoria like you know unmatchable and also it's the first time of everything as well so like for lots of people, the first time that they drink or the first time that they smoke or the first time that they take drugs will be as a teenager. I mean, that's not for everybody, but for lots of people, it is. And so you've got that thrill of that first time you take that risk. And mm. and it's, it is that freedom feeling. You feel so adult and you feel like, yeah, you're you're stepping into the person that you really are. And obviously, as you yeah. get older, you go, okay, well, well, no, like at 18, you know, you think you're this adult and then you go, I, I knew nothing. And even actually watching it back, this is the first time I've watched it where they've all looked really young. Yes. So I don't know what that says about me and like where I'm at in my <laughs> life now. But like, because I, re- I rewatch it. I have rewatched it quite a lot. It's, it is one of those comfort mm. shows. And it is one of those ones that I always, historically, I've always known when I've been a bit stressed out or had a lot on my plate because I will find myself re-watching episodes of skins at one in the morning I'm like right okay we need yeah we need a bit of downtime and this is how we're gonna do it um and normally they look I'm surprised at how grown up they all look but this time around I was like no these are like children these are like children in party dresses and a lot of makeup but they are they are children and the the boys especially like they look so young it was the first time that Nicholas Holt looked like Nicholas Holt in About a Boy rather than grown-up X-Men Nicholas Holt. Such an interesting point because I remember I used to love About a Boy all the time when I was a child so when I saw um, Nicholas Holt in Skins I was like oh my god he looks so grown up he looks so hot what the fuck was I on about? (laughs) Watch and watching it now I was like so that boy is 12 and a half but Cassie is like, when they're talking about Cassie being good in bed, I'm like, I was like, she's literally an infant. What's going on? And now I'm thinking, like, how did this get made? <laughs> because that's the whole thing of like the American teen shows and like the things we're probably more used to watching prior to Skins, uh, Gilmore Girls, yeah. The OC, Dawson yeah, Creek, Gossip Girl Andrew as well, Hill, Gossip Girl, Nine Hundred Two One Eight, literally yeah. a thousand of them. Um, they're all played by 25 year olds so that obviously sends the message that like all teenagers look like really hot yeah adults and then skids is like very yeah. realistic like dev patels like yeah 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 and, and you're like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah these these young people like yeah children and i was googling some of their ages now and dev patel i think he's only yeah. 31 or something so like, they very much are the same age as us yeah like, more or less a bit but, like, so, of course, we never, we thought that they were, like, amazing. Now that age is, like, child age. Well, it's like, because when, when the show was, yeah, first being released, the whole thing was, like, I can't believe the lead is that little boy from About a Boy. That was the whole, that was one of yeah. the ways that they kind of had it in the media of going, yeah, you're going to want to watch this because it's that little About a Boy boy all grown up now. Great marketing from the creators amazing marketing. but then you look at it and you're like well yeah like he is grown up sort of but yeah he still has very much 
in certain shots you just really see that little boy and I'd never noticed it before until this this time round but and also just that character of Tony like historically you know Tony's supposed to be really fit you're supposed to be really attracted to Tony I'm like he's a horrible friend he's he's not nice like he's like he's very charming to a degree but like anyone that he's close with he's really horrible to Mm, he's so interested yeah. which is horrible because I yeah. love Sid as a character and I feel like the people I always end up gravitating towards people like yeah. Sid like I always end up like completely mothering people like Sid and I just I to see Tony treat him like that is like really mm. hard actually but that's how teenagers treat each other they're really horrible it's like really horrible and really brutal until it's not until they need each other and then it's like oh that mm. that's my brother oh that yeah that's we can be like that because because you know deep down I love you mm. yeah which I don't know if that's more toxic because it's like of course I'll be here for you forever but like yeah, yeah. also treat me like a human being which is but I think when you're a teenager I think it's so much of the so you're just going through so much that you just lash out at people. I don't know. I feel like friends I've got now who I was friends with at school are so we treat each other so much better now than we did yeah. when we were younger. Yeah, I think well I think as a teenager a lot of a lot of it is about trying to find your place in the world. And so and your world at that point is your circle of friends. So there's a lot of like mm. like as an actor, I always think of it as like the deck of cards and you've got like, it's a lot about playing for status. And so you've got those mm. people that come in at the top and they are, you know, the king. And then you've got everyone trying to sort of scrabble to get to get up in the ranks a little bit. And I think that's really, I think female friendship at that age works in a slightly different way. I think that it's a lot, it's a lot quieter. It's a lot more insidious, but I think that, conventional male relationships in some respect can can end up being that fight for the top or to be seen by that person who is like the alpha to be seen as as worthy of their time or their energy yeah that's really interesting and true yeah it's it's a power struggle Mm. I think a lot of it is friendship at that age whereas now it feels a lot more yeah 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 well I think (laughs) I think those you know I think about like friendship groups that yeah exist at school that then carry on through your early 20s into mid to late 20s and I guess it's when your world expands like when you're that age those groups of people are your world and that's all that matters but then mm-hmm. you sort of separate out and you either go into uni or you go into the world of work and then your priorities change and then you know you might be in a relationship or just think you're everyone then is kind of in their own orbit you're not all orbiting the same thing anymore and that in a way means that you just don't care as much like you don't care about being top dog in this group because you go actually this group isn't the be all and end all of my world anymore and the rub that you get is that you sometimes get people that are holding on to those old relationship structures and who are trying to like maintain that that power dynamic and then you've got the people who go well actually I'm not playing that game anymore and we kind of see that in the show with 
with Sid's character progression and evolution, like the character goes through so much. Like Sid has so much happen to him. And you do really see that growth from that very first episode where they like he's the butt of everybody's joke. Like it's all like the virgin jokes. It's all like I think Tony says like it's it's embarrassing you've not lost your virginity. And they're like 16. I'm like, it's absolutely fine. Like you're fine. Like you do you. You're absolutely fine. But there's this whole thing but then by the end of the series that's our spoiler klaxon telling you the next few minutes of the show will contain tv spoilers skip ahead if you haven't watched the show yet he is completely independent and he then by the end of it he goes to new york to try and find cassie because he's stopped listening to what everyone else wants him to do and is able to make decisions for himself. So his progression is his arc is great. It's a real satisfying growth from yeah, from that 16 to 18. And within that there is that that struggle and the power struggle. And at one point he even almost replaces Tony in the second mm-hmm. series. So after Tony has had his accident and is recovering, and then Sid and Michelle kind of have a thing, and you go, he's almost kind of filling that gap a little bit and he gets a taste of what that feels like as well so yeah it's 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 they explore the relationships between characters really well I think and the friendships are always complex they're always and it starts out I think in that first series of being kind of throwaway lines like Michelle's horrible about Cassie and says horrible things about her but they're kind of like these throwaway comments that don't seem to stick and then by the time we get to the second generation and we've got characters like Effie and Katie who kind of end up being these two powerhouses but in very different ways who end up butting heads it's a very different dynamic it's a lot it's a lot more nuanced I think yeah you're really right about that character progression as well and I think that that's a really important message for like teenagers who watched it is like you don't have to put up with the people who are treating you like shit like you can go your own way and it might work out for you exactly I feel like right now I'm very much situated in a house party in like 2009 (laughs) in a really good way I know I know and it's I do you know what it's just a part of my life that I don't like thinking about it's so weird I think because there was a lot of like things that I now realise to be unsafe, like things like trying to hitchhike home from parties and like things like drinking in a field with like older boys and like like that. Like I really think about I find it really hard to think about. Um but not in like a trauma to like there's nothing like horrendous that I've got in mind. But I just it, it's just I think back and I'm like, oh bath what we doing? And this is the thing about like develop like growing up now and looking back on it because even as I was what yeah watching it back and thinking back on the things that I got up to I mean it's making me go gosh like we really yeah we really just didn't I don't mean like was it like well, were we not aware of the risks or did we just think that these things wouldn't happen like I don't know what headspace yeah. I was in because in my mind I've always been a very sensible person and I've yeah. always been like a bit of the mum of the group I've always kind of been like right you know, we need to make sure we're all checking in with each other and that everyone's okay. I've never been that person that like just disappears and you've got no idea where I am. Yeah. I'm always the one finding them. Yeah, 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 them. exactly. Yeah, I'm going, yeah, we can't leave without them or whatever. Like, where the fuck are they gone now? 
<laughs> they went to get a lighter and they, they never got <laughs> but even yeah even so you just sort of think about the things and maybe it's just like being in that place where you just don't care about the consequences or you just you don't think the consequences are going to be that great mm, I I think it's like an actual uh, cognitive development mm. thing like my my girlfriend is a like psychology person and she always says that they just don't have the part of the brain developed enough yet to know what risk is yeah yeah <laughs> and so it's like actually just like under the age of 25 like your like understanding of mm. risk is just not quite there mm. um I don't know the science but this is what I hear it makes a lot of sense because you put yourself up in really risky situations and like I don't remember being that anxious about much stuff no Whereas now I'm like always anxious yeah. about everything. Like <laughs> like at the first night out after COVID, I was like, okay, obviously it's different because it's been a global yeah. pandemic, but like, I was so worried. I was like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get back? What am I going to do? What am I going to buy drinks? How much the drinks going to cost? Etc. Am I going to get a life-threatening disease? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting it's just a really interesting time in life when you are dumb, stupid and dumb. <laughs> I've always found it really interesting, like ever since I finished uni, I've always been, like, you know, in, in like One Tree Hill, whatever, people always glam, especially in American culture, I think they've really glamorised high school years. And I've always just been like, why? They are the worst time yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> But then maybe that maybe is glamorized because for so many people it is like you go, it is just the worst time because you're so unsure of yourself. You like you think you know who you are some of the time. Other times you're like, I've got no idea who I am. Everything is changing all the time. And so maybe it's about trying to like for some of these creators, because obviously lots of these teen shows are written by 45 year old men and it's mm. going right. How do we? Yeah, let's what would we have liked to have happened? How can we rewrite mm. that? Because I know a lot of people that go, gosh, if I could go back, like I always ask, ask people the question, if you could go back to being a teen, to go back to secondary school for one day as you now, what would like, so you'd look, you'd look like you did as a teenager, but you would have all the knowledge and experience that you have as you now. What would you go back and do like on that day? Like what are the things that you would do? Mm. And for me, often I'm like, well, I would go and tell that boy that had been messing me around like that I could see his game and that I'm not interested like I would just advocate <laughs> for myself basically and just not take yeah. any shit from anybody and just not be as nice or like yes. or like as much of a pushover like there's so much you put up with is it well so I definitely put up with as a teenager that I definitely wouldn't if I could go back for a day now there are a lot of things that I would you know try and set yeah just do differently yeah I think a lot of mine would be conversations with friends and it would be kind of now knowing what I know about that sort of power struggle and the dynamic and like putting people down in a sort of Tony Sid way. I think I was sometimes Tony and sometimes Sid. I think everyone has been one or the other. And I think I would tell my Tonys, fuck off. I'd be, <laughs> I, I would be like, okay, you're obviously going through some stuff at home with your family with your boyfriend don't take it out of me that's what I would go back and tell people that basically. yeah yeah literally literally that 
I was just going to ask you one final question that I'm asking everybody this series, and that is, if you were to persuade somebody to watch Skins, who had never seen it before, they've been living under a rock, um, what would you tell them and why? I think to persuade them to watch it, I think I would say that Skins is the ultimate noughties nostalgia. I think that 2007 overall was a great year across the board like great music great just great everything great shows but skins is a perfect time capsule piece of naughty's culture so for that reason i would say it is worth a watch because it now is beginning to feel like a period piece so i think it has to be 20 years technically to be period maybe but it, it is on its way quickly to becoming a period piece and a great a great encapsulation of a very specific period of time and I think even if you're not interested in teenage partying and drink and drug culture just to soak up the essence of the noughties it's worth a watch the fashion is unparalleled um and I think and actually I think there is a character in there for everyone I think there I think you will find somebody in there that you relate to in some way, or you will find somebody in there that as a teenager, you might have liked to have been. Because even mm. watching it, like back in the day, I was like, it's all about Effie. Like Effie's so cool. Everyone wants to be mysterious like Effie. And then like re-watching it, I was like, maybe I want to be Jow. Like maybe like actually, like Jow's going places. Like she's talented, she's driven, she's straight talking. I'm like, actually, Maybe it's all about Jow. So <laughs> I think as well. I think Jow is like the only one who like calls Tony out on his yeah, bullshit. She, she well. calls everyone. She takes no shit. No one messes her around. She does what she wants. She goes where she wants. She gets what she wants. And she doesn't she doesn't follow anyone. Mm, that's really true. Actually. So I think there's a character in there for everybody. And it's a great time capsule, period, nearly a period piece, is what I would say. Amazing. Fab. Thank you so much. Fine. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to direct people to, your blog, your socials? Yeah, so I would just say um, check out my blog, Midnight Culture, at midnightculture.co.uk. Um, and it's basically more of this, just taking anything from musical theatre to reality TV b-movies to blockbusters anything that can be binge watched um i've talked about or i am talking about so if you're interested in tv film culture which i'm sure you are for listening to this podcast um then yeah please do check it out if you would like to thank you so much and that's our show for this week thank you so much for listening this episode was produced by me edited by me music was by the beautiful musical mastermind that is Iora you can check her out on Spotify she's always got new things bubbling away big thanks to Eleanor Rattenbury for coming on today you can check out Midnight Culture using your best googling skills um and just generally if anyone wants to come on the pod you've got a TV related story to tell Please come the bloody hell along because I'm always looking for new people. You don't have to be a razzle-dazzle celebrity. You just have to have something to say about television. So come on down. 
anyway that's all i think bye, -bye.